Welcome to the latest edition of the Fixed Interest Podcast Series. My name is Jermaine Leonard, and I'm an analyst on Fitch's Middle East and Africa Sovereign Ratings Team. Uh, today I'm joined by Jan Friedrich, who is Head of Middle East and Africa Sovereign Ratings at Fitch Ratings, and we will discuss the latest on Sub-Saharan African Sovereign Ratings. So Jan, what has been the impact of the COVID-19 crisis on Sovereign Ratings in the Sub-Saharan African region? The impact of the crisis has been quite severe. Of the 19 sovereigns we rate in the region, seven were downgraded since the beginning of March. And the impact can also be seen by the change in in outlooks. We now have seven sovereigns in the region that are on negative outlook. Four rated triple C and below, uh, that's where we don't assign outlooks. And there's only one positive outlook. Clearly that shows the direction of ratings has still a significant downside risk. And that obviously reflects the large uncertainty and and the, the, uh, the pressures coming from the crisis on lots of aspects of uh, sovereign ratings, including liquidity pressures, debt dynamics, and economic growth. You highlighted the heavy weight of negative outlooks across the region. Can you expand on that? What do you see as the main channels through which the crisis can affect ratings in the region? Firstly, the impact of containment measures and voluntary social distancing on local GDP. There's also externally the impact from weaker global trade and tourism and uh, from remittances and the impact commodity and particularly oil prices, and there's the impact on financing conditions. Of those, the most differentiated and specific impact is probably coming from lower oil prices and, and tourism. And so particularly affected certainly were the main oil exporters in the region, Angola, the Republic of Congo, Gabon, and Nigeria. And so, for example, Gabon, we downgraded from B to triple C. And also affected were the main tourist markets, the Seychelles and Cabo Verde, which are very heavily focused on tourism, of course. More broadly, in terms of the impact of containment measures, which of course varied quite a bit in the region, and the broader global repercussions from weaker export markets, we are now expecting real GDP median to contract by 2% in 2020, compared with growth over the last few years of around 4%, so significant deterioration. And that then, of course, has big repercussions for fiscal revenues. And that comes at a time where there are also significantly increased pressures for additional expenditure by governments on healthcare and on supporting the, the local economies. As a consequence of the weaker growth, we expect the fiscal deficits to rise from 3% in 2019 to 6% in 2020. That's not that large in an international comparison, reflecting essentially the fact that the governments are quite constrained in terms of their financing. And so some are even required to implement consolidation measures, and they certainly don't have the room to execute large fiscal stimulus measures. It's also worth to look at this in the context of the earlier periods uh, running up to the crisis, where Sub-Saharan Africa debt-to-GDP ratios, in terms of the median, have already risen from around 26% in t- 2012 to 57% in 2019, and now as a consequence of the crisis are are likely to rise to around 70% by the end of 2021, which just shows how much the fiscal headroom has declined in the region. 
You mentioned the oil price shock. Can you say a bit more about uh, how that has impacted oil exporters in the region? So we assume average oil prices of $35 per barrel in 2020, down from $64 per barrel in 2019, clearly a significant fall. And that needs to be seen in the context where the main oil exporters, so Angola, the Republic of Congo, Gabon, and Nigeria, have fiscal revenues from hydrocarbons accounting for roughly 40% or more of total total revenues. So uh, clearly this kind of oil price shock has very significant implications for them. And this comes in a context where they have already not fully absorbed the, the oil price shock from 2014, 2015, which means that they still have much higher debt to GDP ratios, much lower international reserves. They have already exhausted quite a bit of the easy wins in terms of fiscal consolidation, such as originally quite high capital expenditure ratios. So they are now under quite a bit more pressure. And of course, as as we said, that has already been reflected in the ratings. So we know that uh, oil revenue and other commodity export receipts uh, play a big role in external financing for many SSA sovereigns. So we would expect an increase in financing pressures. What's your perspective on the financing pressures that these countries are facing now? We've recently issued a report that showed that external funding needs for sovereigns in the region have roughly doubled, and that at a time where access to financing has become quite a bit more difficult. We rate 11 sovereigns in the region that are included in the EMBI, and of these, at the worst of the crisis, seven had an EMBI spread of 1,000 basis points or more. Now, it's true that as a consequence of the very aggressive monetary easing in the developed world, that has come down. And we are now back to just two countries, uh, Zambia and Angola, with a spread of 1,000 or more. And it's also true that the international community has come out with a relatively aggressive response. So the IMF with its rapid financing instrument and its uh, rapid credit facility and also uh, top-ups of existing programs and new programs. And the, the World Bank and other regional development banks have come out with support measures. The G20 came out with its debt service suspension initiative, and all these together obviously are easing the immediate liquidity pressures for countries in the region. But relative to the increase in funding needs, they are certainly not offsetting this increase. And that means that liquidity pressures, um, fiscal and external liquidity pressures, remain one of the the issues that will will be worth watching very closely and that could continue to weigh on ratings in the region. You mentioned the G20 Debt Service Suspension Initiative, the DSSI. How has this initiative affected SSA sovereign ratings and how will it affect ratings going forward? So firstly, maybe it's an important initiative. It's important particularly because for the first time it incorporates China in a multilateral debt restructuring initiative. And, and that's an important signal. And it's important because China, of course, is, is a, China has become a very important creditor for the region. But it's worth remembering that the DSSI is about postponing debt service due over a relatively short period of time. So the service that was due from May to December 2020, probably extended for 2021. But that means that the real impact is not that dramatic. And it's really about 
temporarily addressing liquidity. It's not address about addressing fundamental solvency issues where they exist. In terms of the impact on the rating, under Fitch methodology, sovereign ratings are about the risk of default on debt to the private sector. The core of the DSSI is about debt to other governments, public sector debt. And so a restructuring of that kind of debt will not lead us to move any ratings into default. Of course, there are now pressures to extend this initiative and to have the private sector participate. And if that happens, we would need to look at at the specifics of the situation and see whether it constitutes a default. We would uh, look at our criteria for distressed debt exchange, most typically. Of course, the need to seek debt relief is also a signal, even if it's debt relief from the public sector, we can take that as into consideration. But at the current state, the signal is really about the stress that comes from the COVID crisis and, of course, is already reflected in our ratings. It's possible that as the crisis unfolds, we will need to take further negative rating actions, but that would be primarily because of the impacts of liquidity strains from the crisis rather than any signaling effect from participation in the DSSI. Jan, thank you for your insights, and thank you all for listening. For more information on our ratings and research on Sub-Saharan Africa, please visit us at FitchRatings.com. We hope you will join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.